Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney and I'm choosing to share a testimony with you today. Why I'm choosing to share a testimony is based on something that we had seen in the realm of the Spirit at one of our meetings, Moed Ministries in Auckland, a number of years ago. What we used to do is have weekly meetings and before we would even get into the word, we would allow everyone connected to our ministry to give testimony. Just the good things that God has done because it's so important to be grateful and thankful to him for the big and the small things that he does. And as the microphone was passed around from person to person, Grant saw in the realm of the spirit, he saw our ministry mountain and as people would share about the goodness of God he heard this boom in the spirit realm and he looked at our mountain and it it was like a window was blasted into the side of the mountain and then the next person would give their testimony and boom another explosion and another window in the mountain and he felt that God said testimony empowers vision so when I begin to listen to the good things that God does in your life it empowers me to vision to see all the good things that he can do it in my life and then I can trust him well if he did it for my friend and he's no respecter of persons he can do it for me too so I'm hoping that what I share with you today encourages you and empowers your vision so my husband and I have been married in March 2022 it will be 27 years and I remember when we first started going out we had so many prophetic words over us saying you are going to the nations and in fact when my children were one and three years old we made our trip to England we lived in England then we moved to Ireland and I remember being called up in church service one day by one of the visiting pastors and he said Ireland is not your home, but don't get comfortable here because God is calling you to the nations. And actually, it wasn't too long after that September the 11th happened. My husband lost his job because the Irish economy crashed. It was affected as well by September the 11th in the USA. And we had no choice but to go back to South Africa. We had just received this word of promise about going to the nations. But do you know, when you receive a prophetic word, it doesn't always come to pass within five minutes of receiving it. There's a process that you have to go through. And we see that process in Joseph's life as well. He has this dream. The sun, the moon, the stars bow down to him. He sees uh, sheaths of wheat in a field bowing down to his. He sees what his future holds, but he doesn't immediately get everything that God has showed him. He goes through a time where he becomes a slave in Potiphar's house. This looks nothing like the vision that he had just seen, the promise of what's on his scroll. He was prophetic. He saw his future. He knew what his future was. And I love what Graham Cook says. He says, if you know your future, your present cannot harm you. And it's probably just as well. This is why God gives us glimpses into our future, because you're going to go through stuff before you actually achieve what is written on the scroll. In Joseph's case, we know that he goes as a slave into Potiphar's house. And then when it seems like he's just flourishing in that environment, he goes from the fire into the into the pan. He goes into prison. And he flourishes in that environment. And it's God building his character. God testing him to see, can you handle the level of responsibility that I'm about to give you? 
and we're just the same. God may have given you prophetic words through different servants, different agents from his kingdom, but they don't just come to pass. That word is for you to hook your eye into the future because you're about to go through some stuff to prepare you to hold what he had in mind, what is on God's heart for you to accomplish in the earth. So we've been told you're going to the nations, you're going to the nations. It was 20 years until the first door into the nations opened to us in ministry. Now, that word, I was like, oh my goodness, this is being accomplished. You know, I remember walking into a hospital one day and I went to go and pray for different people. And there was a woman there and she allowed me to minister to her. God bless her. But afterwards, she said, I'd like to pray for you. Is that okay? I said, yes. She said, God said, get your passport ready because you're about to be on the move. We then moved from South Africa and we moved to New Zealand. And I was thinking, is this what God is talking about? He's called us to the nations. We sometimes have an idea of when we receive a prophetic word, what that word is actually going to look like, how it's going to play out. We have it all sussed out and actually it turns out to be nothing like what we think it needs to be. So I just want to say, put whatever your interpretation is of your prophetic words, put them aside because chances are they're going to play out nothing like what you think they will. So we're, we're in New Zealand. We start a ministry. We start to go through stuff. We begin to grow. We begin to mature. We go through some tests, testing of our marriage like never before. In fact, I honestly don't think we were going to make it through that testing, but we did because God needs to be able to trust us with what he's given us or what he plans to give us. So then I remember receiving an email from a lady in the United States in Arizona, one of our best friends, Dawn Eves, and she invites us to Arizona. And we go, oh my goodness, could this be the doors to the nations opening up for us? Wouldn't you believe it? I had, from the age of about 25 years old, um, I, had just, I had just got married, so maybe it was a little bit earlier, but I started to have these heart palpitations and they would come when I was sleeping. They would come if I exercised. They would come if I was awake. I couldn't actually um, foresee that they were going to happen. Um, they just would happen and they scared the living daylights out of me. I had done all sorts of ECGs and stress tests and all this kind of stuff. And nobody could figure out what it was. Eventually in New Zealand... I go and I see a specialist because it starts happening more and more frequently. And one day she puts the monitor on my heart and she clocks it at 250 beats a minute. And she determines you have Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. She then says, that's no problem. We can fix this. What we'll do is we will go up through your groin into your archery and we will go up into the heart. I will push through the heart wall, but hopefully I don't push right through. Otherwise, you will die on the table. <laughs> and um, she says, we'll sold it shut. She says, within the four compartments of the heart, the four uh, different areas of the heart, you have a little opening that the electrical current can go through. Wolf Parkinson White simply means that I have an extra little hole in the heart that electrical current runs through as and when it likes. And she said, we'll just simply sold that shut. So I go through the operation and I am as awake for that heart operation as I am speaking to you right now. She goes ahead, she does it. I'm lying under this x-ray machine that is so close 
to my nose, I can barely breathe and it's about a two and a half hour operation and I'm watching everything going on on the x-ray, on the scanner and she does all that. Within a few days, I start to develop blood clots in my lungs, a pulmonary embolism. I get taken to the hospital via ambulance and they do all these tests. I'm on warfarin now. Um, they say that there's something called JAK2, which I've shared in previous podcasts, um, but it's where my platelet, um, they, my platelets are elevated. And so anyway, I've gone this whole regime to get that sorted out. Now I'm going, God, what the heck? We've just received this invite to go into the nations and now this thing happens. I have this, um, this operation and now I can't fly and it seems as if that promise is stolen from me. Needless to say, I had to do the time. I had to go through the process. I had to get my body in order before I could walk through that door. At our very first meeting, um, we then got an invite to go from um, Arizona into Austin. And we meet with a the couple there and they get us to do a few meetings as well. And I start to see how the doors are opening. But I get a prophetic word at that one conference we did in Austin. And the guy says, he says, I see you going under the golden arches in Missouri. And when you do that, he said, every door in the United States will open to you. Well, we came back to New Zealand, we did ministry, we, we were doing work and ministry at the same time, both full time, and we were traveling using all of our leave. We get invited to a church in Dallas, Texas. And so we go over there and it's a Korean church, one of the most amazing churches I have ever been into. Hisuk Park is the um, pastor that looks after that church. And she invites us and she says, you know, we have been praying for days for you guys, been interceding. Our guys, 24 hours a day, they have been praying for these meetings. And she said, and we've decorated the hall in a specific way because we believe that God told us to. Um, and so there's a certain way we want you to come into the meeting. So when we get there, she makes us stand outside just before the meeting starts. And then she brings us in and there are golden arches that she has done with balloons and streamers and paint and all this kind of thing. Beautiful. And she said, I really believe that you have to come through these golden arches. You know, and there again, we have an idea of how we interpret a prophetic word. You have to come through the golden arches. I believe they're those golden arches in Missouri and St. Louis, um, St. Louis, um, and you have to come through that and then every door will open. But it wasn't. It was so simple in Dallas, Texas, you know, and, and there we walk through these golden arches. So fast forward a few years, we also get told now we lived in Ireland. I told you about the economy crashing and us having to go back to South Africa. And when I was on the dot, my husband and my children left Ireland, went back to South Africa, but we had a little bit of a debt that we had to pay. We had bought a computer and we hadn't quite paid it off yet, nor did we have the money to just pay it in full. So the agreement was that since I still had a job, I would continue to work and my husband and children would go back to South Africa. Well, I was crying before the Lord the one day on the dart that's the train, going from work back to home. And I was saying, Father, I don't believe that we accomplished everything we were supposed to do while we lived in Ireland. 
Why are you sending us back? You've wasted your time. You've wasted mine because we'd only been living in Ireland a year and a half before that economy crashed. And I honestly believe that I heard him say, by the time you are 50, you will be back in Ireland. Now, I'm 29 at the time. So I'm thinking, oh, dear God, 50 is like an age away. And guess what? Here we are. We are I am now 50 this year, 2022. And we have moved back to Ireland. But wouldn't you believe it? We've been back many times to Ireland. We've taken tour groups. Um, we've visited. But the day that we get back into Ireland, we, we purchase a car and we go and look at a house that we've purchased. But just a few days after that, I end up in hospital. In hospital with what? With blood clots in my lungs again. And I'm thinking, what is the pattern here? What is the cycle? Why does this happen every time? We've been waiting 21 years for the fulfillment of this word to go back to Ireland. We waited 20 years for the fulfillment of a word to go to the nations. And both times I get blood clots in my lungs. What is this about? And you know what I believe God said? There is actually precedent in the word for this. The Israelites were told... I will send you a deliverer who will take you out of your land of captivity. And what does Pharaoh do? do? He says to all the midwives, I want you to go and I want you to kill every child that is born to an Israelite woman. He knows that there's a promise there. There's something that's come to steal your promise from you. But we know that Moses' mother is very inventive, very creative and we know that God looks after that promise despite the persecution that's come against it. And she puts Moses in that basket. And actually, Moses gets raised by the very man's daughter who tried to kill the promise. Isn't that just God? He's so amazing. And here we are again, another fulfillment of a promise that we've been waiting such a long time for. Come into Ireland and there's these blood clots again. We see it in Yeshua's time as well. There's this deliverer, Herod hears about this um, birth he's you know the star is there and the magi come and what does he say he says I want you to come back and report so that I may worship the child but meanwhile he's got plans he's got plans to destroy the promise the threat to him and he goes and he gets all the babies killed again so we see that every time there's a promise in your life there is an assignment to kill that promise are you going to let that promise die I don't think so so I just wanted to share a little bit of that testimony just to show that when you have that prophetic word, God says that his word never returns to him void. It will accomplish everything that he sets out for it to do. And so hang on to that promise. Believe that promise. God will push it through. And you know what? When you have something coming against you to steal it, don't be afraid. Put your trust fully in God because he will accomplish that which he set out to do in your life. So yes, you may be in a place where it looks like everything that you've believed is going to fall through. You know, and just on, on these prophetic words and your perception of it, I've been told from the time I was young, you have healing hands, healing hands, healing hands. And so my perception of that is, oh, well, then I better go and pray for people. I better go and lay hands on them. And that's exactly what I do. And I start to do it in my own strength. I go to the hospitals. I go into the ICU wards. I begin to lay hands on people. I begin to pray for them. And I'll be honest with you. I started this whole thing in Ireland. 
when we first lived here, going into hospitals and every single person died. I'm not even joking. They all died. But I didn't see what God was doing in me in that time. What he was doing is, as I would come in and I would pray for these people, they would give their lives to the Lord. I would come back the next day to see how they were and they were gone. So it was an 1159 ministry. Yes, God didn't use me for one single healing, but he brought those people that I had met into the kingdom just at the right time. So never downplay or never try and say God's word um, is not accurate. It can't be fulfilled because it doesn't look like you want it to look. Just yield to him, yield to your scroll, yield to the promise. Yes, there may be something come to steal that promise, but it will not prevail against you. So hold fast to that promise and let go of your expectations of how it works. Hand yourself over to Yahweh and say, this is your dream and your desire. You fulfill it in me as you determined and I align with whatever your plan is for my life. So I just want to pray over you before I end. Father, I thank you for every word that has been released over your people for the promise of a hope and a good future. Father, I thank you that it comes about in its time. And Father, that you work all things together for good for those who love you and are called into, who are called according to your purposes. Father, I thank you that you accomplish your word in each person's life and anything that is sent to come and steal the promise. Thank you that it will not prevail against your children. In Yeshua's name, I bless you today. Have an awesome day.